So if you could turn and you can remain seated, go ahead and turn in your Bibles. Um, I think we're going to go to a new place tonight. Let's go to Numbers 4 and 15. That's where we will park a little bit. We're going to deviate all over the place, but we will come back to this set of scriptures. So Numbers chapter 4 and verse 15. Numbers 4 and verse 15. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, say amen. <laughs> Phone a neighbor. I'm just kidding. Um, numbers, ooh, I'm in Deuteronomy. Numbers chapter 4. I am nervous. I'm very nervous tonight. Numbers 4, verse 15 reads, And when Aaron and his sons have made an end of covering the sanctuary and all the vessels of the sanctuary, as the camp is to set forward, after that, the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it, but they shall not touch any holy thing, lest they die. These things are the burden of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation. I'm going to read that one more time. And when Aaron and his sons have made an end of covering the sanctuary and all the vessels of the sanctuary as the camp is to set forward, after that, the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it but they shall not touch any holy thing, lest they die. These things are the burden of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation. Um, we are going to get a little bit into the lineage um, of, of uh, the Levites. And so it's going to be slow, but I'm going to say just follow along with me. Try not to fall asleep. And I believe the Lord will give us a word. Amen. Bishop, if you don't mind praying over the word. Jesus, Lord, your anointing is already here. It's resting on your female servant. I'm asking God that it continue to rest on this congregation. Allow your word to go forth in liberty, power, demonstration, and manifestation. God, I'm asking that it fall on good ground in this place tonight. I bind and come against any distractions, oh God. And God, I'm asking on your command, if you see fit, allow your angels to minister in this place tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on reviewing um, from last week. But I want to mention that... Uh, we left off the example of talking about um, King David. When King David went uh, to, to get the ark, and it was housed um, in Obed-Edom, at Obed-Edom's house. Um, 
And we went through the history of how the ark came to be there and how um, it was taken when the Philistines came in um, and fought um, the Israelites and they took it. They, they just, they conquered um, the Israelites and ended up taking the ark as part of their possession. It went from place to place amongst the Philistines Philistines, and, um, and the Lord just troubled them with plagues. And so, um, they were like, we got to get rid of this thing. So it ended up going to a city in, in Judah. And, um, while it was there, it was there for 20 years. Um, the son, um, of, I'm forgetting his name starts with an A. I want to say Abinadab. Abinadab, um, his son, um, he ended up dying because they had built a new cart. David had become king, and they built a new cart to go and get the ark. He was like, "Let's go get it. We got, we got to get what belongs to us." Um, and so the intention was right, but uh, you have to go about doing things the right way in the eyes of the Lord. And they did not follow the commands of God that had been established from the very beginning when the Lord pulled um, the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And so there were certain things set. And part of it we will get into tonight is um, that they were to bear the ark, the Levites, on their shoulders. There was staves, it's called staves, um, that long poles that were put um, on the sides of the ark so that they could carry it and bear it on their shoulders. But in their excitement, this was twofold. The problem was twofold. David knew better and the Levites knew better. This was a statute. This had been something that had been um, reiterated over and over. They knew what was right according to the law of the Lord. But, you know, they came up with a new cart. They put it on, on the oxen and, um, it somehow got shaken and, um, the hand of Abinadab's son reached out to make sure it didn't fall. And the Lord took his life. So David was like, oh, he got shook. Right. And so he he was like, let's just move it over to Obed Edom's house. And um, Obed Edom had it for uh, a few months. I believe it was three months. And his house was blessed. And David was like, we're going to go get it. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it the way that Moses had instructed. And that is the Levites have to be the ones that bear it upon their shoulders. And he instructed them, sanctify yourselves. So, so we went through the scriptures and we talked about that. And this is all falling um, in line with uh, the structure of the church and why our church is doing certain things. And one thing that we've been going over, over and over again, repeating, is that most of the church, if you are involved in a ministry, you are falling into the category of being a Levite. You are there to keep the charge of the tabernacle. You are there to assist the priests 
in what they need to do in their role, in their function. And according to the scriptures that we've read in second, um, Chronicles, there was the, um, the princes, there's the priests and there's the Levites. And we've been harping on the Levites for a while. So that's just to kind of catch you up. But I want to reiterate this point about, um, the new cart. It is of the utmost importance that the man of God of this congregation and the people up under him, the pastoral staff that we could consider princes. We have to make sure that we don't try to make things convenient for you in serving the Lord. And that is what has happened in a lot of churches. There's been a devalue of a dedication and sacrifice in serving God and the house of God. They, people want to make things easier. If I plug you in without requiring much from you, perhaps you may stay. Perhaps our numbers will grow. Let us be more inclusive. I'm not going to require you to fulfill certain things in your life to make sure that you are actually a pure vessel before you serve because I just want to make sure that you're here. It makes us look good, makes the church look good. And then in the eyes of people, we are growing. We cannot and we do not have that here. And this is why we are reiterating certain things that we are putting into place and have put into place. This is why salvation is a must to be involved in any ministry. There has to be a sanctification of the Levites in order to do their part. And we cannot say, let's build a new cart. Let's build a new way so that you don't have to carry the load on your shoulders. And perhaps we can still have the ark in the house of God. We cannot do that. And this is not a knock against anybody. I'm talking about our church. But this is why you can walk in on a Wednesday night and feel the presence of God. This is why you can come in on a Monday night and feel the presence of God and get a word of encouragement, direction, uh, instruction. Because there are sanctified vessels that are doing their part. And the Lord says, you do that. My ark will be exactly where I need it to be. My presence will be where I need it to be in the tabernacle. Because the right people are doing the right things. You can be seated. We are going back to some old ways. And it's honestly, it's, it's not that complicated, but this is why we brought up, um, I, I brought up the general application, uh, general participation application. And this is, this is, um, something that we will be using now. And it has, it has information in there on why 
And it explains why we are asking, if you're wanting to get involved in any aspect of the church, we are asking and we do expect you to live by certain guidelines. And salvation is one of them. You, you have to be baptized in Jesus' name. You have to have received the gift of the Holy Ghost in order to be involved. Because the Levites had to be dedicated. They had to be distinguished. The Lord said that they were separated unto him. And so there are certain things in that general participation application that we are expecting of anybody involved in ministry. Whereas before, it's just like, just, just let them get involved anywhere. We cannot do that. That's the fault of the leadership, and that's the fault of the individual. It's twofold. But that's not happening here. And we're not going to be ugly about it. And, and I, I do want to, um, I won't be able to get into all the details of some of these things that we are putting into place, so I will keep it general. I will keep it um, just a kind of like a, 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 a broad description whenever we bring um, these guidelines up. We won't be ugly about it, but they really, it's really for um, new people to the church. So if you are an established member of the church and you've been involved in ministry before here or what have you, um, you know, that's not really for you. We know you. Um, there are people that will come in. There will be new families that will come in and Bishop will give direction that they're here for this reason and that reason. And they're going to be here for a little while. And there, there might be some strengthening, some healing take place, but then they need to get plugged in. Something like the general participation application will not apply to those individuals. And I hope they know who I'm talking to. Um, but the bishop will make that, make that clear. So it's a general rule of thumb that we will have this and we will be using it uh, moving forward. But it's not a way to make things difficult. It's just to help us ensure that we are doing our part to uphold what the scriptures say. And we are obligated to do so. We cannot change things and modify things because it's just, it's easier. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to hurt any feelings. That's never the intention. Um, and I know things will happen where people will take things the wrong way. Um, but that is not the intent. But we can't avoid doing these things for that reason as well. We are responsible to uphold these. When the scripture talks about that these were um, the, the responsibility of the sons of Kohath, that it was their responsibility to bear it. And we read this in Numbers 4 and 15. Um, the Lord was very specific. Now, if I look at the, um, the lineage, if we take a step back, the Lord said that the Levites were separated unto him out of all the tribes, out of all the tribes. Within the Levites, Aaron and his sons were pulled out to be the priest and to operate in the role of high priest and the priest. 
So let's talk about the family tree. And I'm not going to go through all these scriptures, but you can read in Numbers. You can read in Exodus. I'm not going to list them all out because I don't want to take up your time. The scriptures are there. If you want them, I can give them to you. Um, The Lord has made it very clear that the Levites were separated. They are his. Sister Allie did a great job in explaining this um, on a Monday night. The sons of Levi, so the Levites, they're, they're, they're of the tribe of Levi. The sons of Levi that are mentioned in the scriptures are Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Sounds like Ferrari, but it's Merari. Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. So Levi had these three sons. There's Kohath, that's one of them. And the Lord specifically gives the Gershonites from the this, the son of Gershon, um, specific things to do. Um, and it's their responsibility when it comes to the tabernacle. He did the same thing for the sons of Kohath and then the, the sons of Merari. So Kohath had sons, Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. Now, you can read this in Exodus 6 and 18. So Kohath had these four sons, and Amram was one of those sons. Amram was the father of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Does that make sense? I know it's like, what? You know, when you're reading the Bible and you get to all the, the descendant, the descendant is like, I used to be like, Lord, why did you put this in here? I want to read this. When I was doing those, you know, you read your Bible in a year. I don't do that anymore. Just read your Bible. Because people, you know, oh, I read this. You probably didn't get anything from what you read. You just want to cross it off your list. Just read the word. Um, you know, you get to the descendants part. And you're like, Man. Sometimes I'd skip it. You know, I've since repented. But now I value those things (laughs) because the Lord is giving you something to follow, to track. And um, the scripture proves scripture. And you can see the consistency throughout the word of God. um, And you can track certain things. Um, Everything that is in the word is important, even the descendants. Um, So learn from me. Don't skip that part. Read it. Or listen to an audio version of it. but Amram was married to Jochebed. I want to say that that's how you say your name, Jochebed. Um, we know that she, you know, Jochebed was the one that was like, oh, they're killing all the, um, the male children. The first lady knows this because she preached this. Um, and, uh, you know, she, you know, put him, made a little basket for him and put him in there. So Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. They come from um, uh, Amram. Their grandfather was Kohath. This is all kind of important. I want you to remember that um, Kohath, who is a son of Levi, Kohath had uh, Amram and Izhar. There's two other sons, but Izhar is one I want you to just kind of keep in mind. Um, they're all coming from Levi. 
the son of Levi. Um, they are of the tribe of the Levites. And so out of the entire tribe of the Levites, the Lord pulls Aaron and his descendants to be the priest. We have to keep in mind whatever the Lord is doing. This is why I believe the Lord will, he will use you where you are at. And there may be some things that God is putting into you so that he can move you into a different elevation. Um, this is where the Benjes are at. Brother Benj, if you, you remember him, the guy can play all types of instruments. He's a genius. How do you learn Hebrew? And I think he learned it in like a year. Um, that's crazy. And he's just the nicest guy. If you just talked to him one-on-one, -on -one, you would have no idea that he's like incredibly intelligent. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, Pastor Bench. <laughs> you the man, Pastor Bench. You already know, bruh. Um, he's just, he doesn't, he doesn't have an air about him. He's not arrogant. Um, and he, I don't think he would mind me saying this. He wasn't clamoring to be a pastor and he knows it's going to be a slow process, but that's not something he's, and a lot of times the people who are in the high positions that they are in, they are not wanting that. That's not something they're aspiring to be because a lot of times they know there's a cost with it. There's a price that comes with it. Um, and so um, I believe that's what the Lord's doing with, uh, with Pastor Bench. He can't just stay where he's at. And you can see this happen in the New Testament. We'll get there at some point. The Lord will move people where he needs them to be. So we cannot ever, whatever we are doing in the church, we cannot devalue that. The, the Lord has us there for a reason. He has our, our different abilities in mind to do whatever service we're supposed to be doing. So this is the lineage um, of uh, the Levites. This is where Aaron and them come from. And, but they are all geared... The Levites, they are working for, they are assisting, they are a gift to Aaron and his sons, and they are part of that priesthood, but they are not the priests and the high priests. God has not given every Levite that, that role and that function. It's only given to Aaron and Aaron's sons. Now, it is very important in the word of God that they stick to those specific roles. If we go back to numbers, in fact, if you go back um, to Exodus, we're not going to go there. When the Lord was giving commandments to instructions, the blueprint to Moses and telling him, this is how uh, the tabernacle is going to uh, be built. This is all the furniture, the instruments, the vessels, et cetera, et cetera. The, it wasn't just the ark that had rings for staves on the four corners. It was the ark, the table, and the altar. 
those three things had staves. There was rings on the four corners um, for them to put the staves in so that the Levites could bear them up whenever they were set to move. Because remember, the tabernacle was not a fixed structure at that time. Everyone had their place. And it was the sons of Kohath, it was their responsibility to bear that, to bear the ark, to bear the table, to bear the altar with the staves. But it was not the responsibility of Aaron and his sons. And remember the Kohaths, they are part of the Levites. The Lord had a function for every single one of them. Now, if you go to Numbers 18, Numbers 18 and 2. Lord of mercy, it's 835. Numbers 18. I want to read this to kind of give you the context. The Lord was very, very serious that every individual with whatever function that they were given within the Levites, they had to stay to that role. Um, we know that the Lord, he, he didn't play. He doesn't play. It's just that he gives mercy and people take advantage of that. They take it for granted. Numbers 18 and 1. And the Lord said unto Aaron, thou and thy sons and thy father's house with thee. He said this to Aaron. Said it to Aaron regarding his sons and his father's house. So remember the father um, of Aaron. He's talking about the forefathers. Levi, the Levites. With thee shall bear the iniquity of the sanctuary. But to Aaron and his sons, and thou and thy sons with thee, only you, Aaron, and only your sons, shall bear the iniquity of the priesthood. They had specific burdens to carry on behalf of the nation of Israel when it came to the tabernacle, um, the services of their tabernacle, the charge of their tabernacle. Verse 2. And thy brethren also of the tribe of Levi, the tribe of thy father, bring thou with thee that they may be joined unto thee and minister unto thee. So every uh, ministry in this church, which we have um, defined as um, any of the departments in the church, regardless if they're operating um, on service days or not, no matter how small it might seem to you um, or how big it might seem to you, it is for the priesthood. It is for the office of the, of the bishop. It is for uh, the pastoral staff. It is so that the church can do what it's supposed to do in being a house of God. But thou and thy sons with thee, talking to Aaron now, just Aaron and his sons, with thee shall minister before the tabernacle of witness. So all the tribe of your father, Aaron, you are to bring them with you. They are supposed to be joined with you to minister unto you. 
so that you can do your job. You can do your role. But you and your sons, you're to minister before the tabernacle of witness, verse 3. And they shall keep thy charge. They're going to keep your charge, Aaron. They're going to keep your direction, your commandments, your ordinances, and the charge of all the tabernacle. When it comes to the house of God, every department that is operating is accountable to the man of God. And this is why we have to take it seriously because the Lord is saying in serving the house of God, you are to serve the man of God. And in serving the man of God, you are serving me. But here's some more stipulations regarding the whole tribe of your father, Aaron, all the Levites. Only they shall not come nigh the vessels of the sanctuary and the altar that neither they nor ye also die. Four, and they shall be joined unto thee and keep the charge of the tabernacle of the congregation for all the service of the tabernacle and a stranger shall not come nigh unto you. Ye shall keep the charge of the sanctuary, the charge of the altar, that there be no wrath anymore upon the children of Israel. We have come into this place in this context of scripture where the Lord has just dealt with Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And we'll get to that in a second. But what, what stuck out to me was in verse 4. A stranger shall not come nigh unto you. The Lord is very specific about that. You break that down, it means foreigner, it means another. The Lord is very specific. It only could be Aaron and his sons that had any doings or dealings with the vessels of the sanctuary and the altar. But they needed their brethren to do their part so that they could do their part. I know this is redundant. Just follow me here. I don't know where we're going, but we're going. I'm just kidding. Um, When I got through um, looking up the stranger, what the Lord impressed um, upon me was to remember what we read at the very beginning of this text, Numbers uh, 4 and 15. You don't have to turn there. But the Lord specifically said that as the camp is to set forward, as they are to go forward, the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it. They're to bear those certain things that the Lord said it was the responsibility to bear. They are to bear the ark. They are to bear the table. They are to bear um, uh, the altar. And there was more things that they had to do. But the Lord said that they are not to touch any holy thing lest they die. In the functions that we are doing in this church, whatever role you might have, the Lord is going to make sure Um, And he's going to reiterate, as he has in the scriptures, we have to stay within those roles, within those departments. 
is very important. No matter, and when you break down the Levites and, and what they did, there was a, a certain of them that had very high rankings. And really, that, that stuff doesn't matter. But there was a distinction between who was a prince, who was a priest, and who was a Levite. And the Lord made it very clear, if you are a Levite and you have not been called to be a priest, you do not handle anything that has to do with being the priest. If you were to do that, you would die. There are guidelines put into place, church family, for the protection of the body. It's for your protection and it's for the man of God's protection. And it is our responsibility to do our best to uphold it on our end. And it's your responsibility on your end to uphold those things that are being asked of you. Because the Lord sees something that one or the other can or can't handle. There is a reason why when you are elevated, you see some things that people on the ground level can't quite see. And so sometimes by virtue of a position, the Lord may not give certain giftings to a particular leader in the church that somebody else may be walking in, but that individual is submitted or should be submitted to that particular leader because there are some things that that leader, that head, that pastoral staff is going to see because God has elevated them to see beyond where the Levites can see. And there might be something down the line that's like, that's danger. I need to warn them. And if you question it and you go past that guideline that's put into place, you are putting your soul in danger spiritually. It was very specific. And it's very specific even now. There is a reason why it's bishop then it's the pastoral staff. And if you look, if, if you've heard um, the names of all the departments, and there's so many, a lot of them are up under Pastor Hildebrand. Up under Pastor Hildebrand um, is Pastor Sandoval and Pastor Brent. And then it branches off from there. There's department heads. Um, I'm up under Bishop. Um, there's departments up under me when it comes to the music etc. There is a reason why that structure is in place. And if there is an issue or if there's a problem, you are to bring that to your direct head. And it's the responsibility over all the departments, the pastoral staff has to make sure that they're doing their part to be there for you, which I know they are. But in order for them to do their job the way that it needs to be done in the eyes of God so that the best can be done for the body, they cannot get out of their role and start operating as a Levite. There are certain things that the Lord has changed in my walk with him and my role. 
I cannot put myself on the schedule to lead anymore. I can't, unless there is a reason we're missing people, um, there's too many uh, schedule uh, issues and somebody's not going to be here. I rarely put myself on the schedule anymore. And I didn't even understand it fully until recently that the Lord is saying that is not your responsibility. And if you do that, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting everybody else that's up under you. God needs to develop us and grow us where we need to be. And he can't do that if people don't stay in their role and give their all when it comes to that. It was very important that the, the, the sons of Kohath, the Levites, the Lord said that they were not to touch the holy things. He said that no stranger, someone other than Aaron and his sons, could come nigh to those things. If we go to Numbers 16 and 40. Numbers 16 and 40. I'm trying to get to a certain point. There's scripture after scripture where it says, the stranger shall not come nigh. The stranger can't come nigh. Um, The stranger um, will suffer consequences as they come nigh. And I was thinking in my reading, I I was thinking that it's just somebody who's not part of the Israelites. Um, That, you know... That's what I was thinking. That's, that's not what the scripture is saying. Numbers 1640 says, To be a memorial unto the children of Israel, that no stranger, and it explains what the stranger is, that no stranger, which is not of the seed of Aaron, come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he be not as Korah and as his company, as the Lord said to him by the hand of Moses. Me explain like why this is a big deal in this passage of scripture. Korah, this is the entire passage of number 16. I'm going to summarize it. Uh, Korah, who was of the, he's of the Levites. Okay. There's Levi. He had the son Kohath. Kohath had a son Ishar and Amram and the two other ones. And Korah was the son of Ishar. So he is a Kohathite. He is of the Levites. He knew better than to try to come against the authority of his own brother. He was a Levite. He was of the Kohathites. There's the Gershonites, the Kohathites, and the sons of Merari. They all had a specific function when it came to the tabernacle. Now, Korah is the one, we, we hear this story, right? And it's very scary. You know, this reminds us, don't, don't talk about the man of God. Because the Lord might open up the ground beneath you and everything you, you got is gone. Psh. Um, 
So uh, Cora, he gets a big head and he gets other people with him. Right? So it's not just Korah, it's Dathan and Abiram, but they are not of the Levites. Um, they are of the sons of Reuben, um, of the lineage of Reuben. So Korah, who's of the Levites, he had a specific role within the Kohathites when it came to um, the tabernacle. I, I, I think um, specifically theirs was like dealing with like the curtains and the coverings and the veils and all that stuff. Um, so Korah... Dathan and Abiram, they rise up against Moses and Aaron. They get 250 princes of the congregation. People that had a great name. They get them and they start to accuse Moses and Aaron of like, listen, you guys are elevating yourselves to a place that you shouldn't be. We all are holy in the eyes of God. We all can touch God. We all can hear from God. God is amongst all of us. So what are y'all doing? Elevating yourselves above everybody else. So Moses is like, okay. So he instructs them um, to take censers with incense. And he tells them that the Lord is going to show who he has chosen to come near to him, which remember it's the priest. It's Aaron and his sons, the high priest and the priest. So Moses, um, he tells Korah, look, and he begins to remind them, look, God separated you. God brought you near to do a service of their tabernacle, to stand before the congregation and to minister. And you're not satisfied with that. You want to seek the office of the priest as well. That is not your place, Korah. And God has already done a work with you. God has already done something with you. God has pulled you out to be somebody before the congregation in service to him. And you're not satisfied with where you're at. You want something more than what God has given you. That God hasn't given to you. He's given to somebody else. But it's not enough. So seek ye the priesthood also to seek the office of the priest. So he calls Dathan and Abiram. They're, they're disobedient. They are disrespectful to the man of God. And here's the thing. You can do this. You can do this within your heart. You can do this in secret, but the Lord sees all of it. So they're instructed, you know, let's bring these censers before the Lord. Let's bring them to the tabernacle of the congregation. And they are not to be in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. That's reserved for Aaron and his sons. So they did that, but they, they want to open their mouth. So Moses says, let's do this. Let's present this before the Lord and let God, let God show the people who he has given favor of. There have been men that have risen up in this congregation that are no longer here because they wanted to come against the man of God. And God said, I will show who I have given my favor, my authority, my dominion to. And the man that is standing here is our bishop and God has ordained him to lead this congregation so they come before the door of the tabernacle you may be seated they come um Korah and these 250 men 
People that should know better, they know better. And God tells Moses and Aaron, you need to separate yourselves because I'm about to consume them. And what, what do they do on behalf of the people, the entire congregation? Lord, don't destroy everybody for the sake of these few, for the sake of the one. So the Lord, he heeds. And um, they end up going to uh, uh, Abiram and Dathan's, uh, their, their places of living. Um, the Bible calls it the ta- their tabernacles. And that's when the Lord brings, tells, uh, tells Moses, hey, uh, Moses tells them to bring out your family, bring out your wives, your, your children. Um, they're standing there. And get this, uh, Moses tells, um, tells the congregation, these people here that wanted to rise up, don't get yourself away from them. Don't touch anything that's theirs. Don't touch anything. This is why if God tells the man of God, you mark someone, it is a big deal that he says you separate yourself from them. You don't touch anything that belongs to them. Because when God sends his judgment and the earth opens up itself to swallow them, if you're caught in the vicinity, you are going to be touched and consumed as well. It is for your protection. It's not to be ugly. It's not to be mean. And you can look now. People who have been here and have gone, and they're not living for God. And if you had stayed within touching distance, you would have been sucked out too. There's a blessing in separation. So y'all can be seated. Moses, um, as soon as he's done speaking, telling, hey, separate yourselves. The earth swallows them up. Fire falls and consumes Korah and the 250 men that are standing at the door of the tabernacle. That's how we get to numbers 16 and 40. That's the context. He says, take what they were offering. We're going to make it a memorial. It's going to be something for the children of Israel to remember that no stranger, nobody else, But Aaron and his sons is to come and offer incense. Nobody else is to step into their office. This is why the man of God will say, and he will tell, he will tell the Joshua team. He will tell ministers, there are certain areas you do not touch from the pulpit. There are certain I know that there are lines for me. There are certain things that I cannot touch. It's reserved for the man of God. The pastoral staff knows where their lines are. They have authority, but there's also submission. Anybody who is any, somebody different. Then Aaron, if they come and they try to offer incense, they will die just like Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And it goes beyond that. 
you're, they're not to touch any holy thing. Remember the sons of Kohath in Numbers 4.15. We're coming to a close. Numbers 4.20. He even goes as far to say, but they shall not go in to see when the holy things are covered, lest they die. So when the camp was to move forward, when the Lord says, let's pick up and move. We're not going to sit here and stay anymore. We are going forward. They would begin to pack up the tabernacle. And the Kohathites had their parts to do. The Gershonites had their parts to do. And Merari, the sons of Merari, had their parts to do. But it was the responsibility of Aaron and his sons to handle the instruments, the, anything that had to do with the ark, the table, the altar. There are certain things that only they could touch and they would cover they would cover the instruments with the badger skins. The Lord was very specific. I won't go into the scriptures because we're, we're going over the time. But the Lord is very detailed um, in instructions to Moses. They are to cover their, um, these instruments. They are to protect them. They had to be concealed. The Kohathites could not even watch them being removed and covered and concealed. But it was their responsibility to carry those things. But Aaron and his sons, I feel the Holy Ghost, had to cover them first, had to protect those things. They were things that had to be kept in secret from the eyes. He said in verse 20, Numbers 420, they're not even to see it. There are some things, Levites, church family, that the Lord is not going to show us. And it's not our responsibility to try to creep in and try to get a revelation that's not coming from the man of God. Trying to get it from God himself. That is not according to the divine order of where the man of God is supposed to be. When it comes to the church and the things of God, there are some things that the Lord will conceal from us and we will get the revelation and we will get the instruction from the man of God, from the direction of the man of God and the people that are directly under him, which will most likely be the pastoral staff or whoever the, the man of God gives that authority to. But we cannot try to reach for something and say, well, I got this beyond the man of God. There are things that you cannot try to do without his knowledge of. There has to be accountability. Because at the end of the day, the Lord said, Aaron, you conceal, you and your sons conceal these things. You protect them. You cover them with these skins. You cover them with this linen. You wrap them up. And then when you have them wrapped up, you give them to the Kohathites. And they, aren't, they couldn't even touch them. But the way that they carried it was with the staves. And so this is why the man of God will say, I, I can't quite explain some things to you. But you have to do this. This is something you have to go through. The Lord is saying it's your burden to carry. And if you will carry it, then my tabernacle can move forward. And we'll get through the wilderness. And we'll come to the promise. 
give me a few more minutes. When it comes to the meeting on August 7th, I want to make sure this is very clear because I know that there can be some, there's been some confusion. Everyone that's involved in a department in doing something, that is not a meeting that you are being asked to be at. That is a ministry meeting in the sense of if you feel a calling. There are some people that the man of God knows you have a calling. There are some people you feel like you have a calling. And maybe Bishop hasn't acknowledged it yet or, um, or you haven't made it known. Um, or Bishop has gone to some of you because there are areas that God is using people in that it doesn't fit into a particular label of a, a department. The Levites, when they are operating, it is ministry. So anyone who's involved in a department, you are ministering when you are operating in your function in your department. But not everyone that's operating in the departments is a minister with a calling. I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense? There, that calling is, is specific to you and what the Lord will have you do if you are not doing it already. You need to hear from the man of God regarding that. That's what that meeting is for on August 7th, which is Sunday at 6 p.m. So everybody who's doing anything and everything in any department, you don't have to be here. You don't need to be here. It should be a smaller group. It should be those who have a calling or who feel a calling. It is absolutely vital. Everyone who is considered a minister here, you have to be, and I did not ask for permission to say this, so I might be in trouble. I might get in trouble for this. But if you feel and you believe that you are, um, that God has called you and you are a minister, you have a specific ministry, you are not, and I say this respectfully, you should not be operating and whatever you believe the Lord has called you to, if it hasn't been acknowledged by the man of God. The man of God has to acknowledge your calling. I'm going to read this real quick. This is the last scripture. Numbers 449. According to the commandment of the Lord, they were numbered by hand. Talking about the Levites. According to the commandment of the Lord, God's direct direction, they, the Levites, were numbered. They were, they, that breaks down into oversee, charge, um, oversight, appointed. They are directly accountable and known, recognized by the hand by the open hand of authority, dominion, ministry of Moses, everyone according to his service and according to his burden. Thus were they numbered of him as the Lord commanded Moses. The man of God is here for us to be accountable 
two. And so there cannot be, and I want you to keep in mind that the Lord will make certain things. Uh, he will make the pastoral staff. We are directly, directly up under Bishop as the princes and the princesses. Um, God will give knowledge sometimes of things that are going on. And there are people, you are doing your best as a department head. You are doing your best as a sub-department head, as a Timothy in a department. And you're very sincere in what you're doing. I've, I've said this before. I don't know who I've said it to, but you can be sincerely wrong in some things that you're doing. And so for your protection, the pastoral staff up under the authority of the man of God is going to have to sometimes call you in or pull you aside and do some correction. You are trying to carry things that you are not ordained to be carrying. And if you continue, the Lord is going to have to deal with you directly or you're going to, your spiritual relationship, your, your spirit is going to suffer some things because you're trying to carry things that were not ordained for you to carry. There are some things that you cannot see at your level. And maybe the Lord will develop you so that you can at some point do that. But where you are at right now, you give your best. You do your best to keep the charge of the tabernacle. You are assisting the priest. You are assisting the high priest. And we need you to do your job so that the tabernacle can continue to go forward. Um, the burdens that you are carrying, they are not inconsequential. Uh, the Lord has a reason for that. The Lord also knows what we can handle. And sometimes we have to go through things where the Lord will say, I've got to mold this out of you. I've got to push this out of you. I've got to make you stronger so that I can elevate you down the line, but you're not there yet. And when that correction comes, for some of us, it's coming. It's a part of growing. I don't like it. Nobody likes, you know, for the bishop to have to correct you. That's not fun. You know, I thought when I came on staff, I was like, well, seniority, right? Whoever's been on the longest, they would get in trouble first. And since I came on last, I know the person who would get in trouble before me would be Pastor Sandoval. You know, if something happens, I'll be the last. It is not that way. We're all responsible to Bishop. But one thing that I can say, church family, is that when correction is given, instruction is given, it's done out of love. It is not done out of malice. And for some of us, we want to buck that. I want to tell you tonight to embrace it. The Lord is trying to do something in you. And you have to take the correction the right way. And you have to do it. 
You've got to comply. If the ministry is going to grow up underneath you, you've got to be able to be pliable in the hands of the ministry, in the hands of the leadership, in the hands of the priest, in the priesthood. Some of us can't function if we get corrected. I mean, I told y'all how we got spanked. Honestly, it, I just needed a word. I just needed a look. And I would, I, you know, be weeping. You know, I'd be repentant. Hannah needed more than that. You know, that, that wasn't much of a deterrent. She would look at you back like, what? What are you going to do? You going to do something? Try me. Try me. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Ain't that right? <laughs> Some things never change. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Some of us, we take things different. And here's the thing. We're all growing. All of us. Nobody's perfect. The pastoral staff isn't perfect. Bishop isn't perfect, but it's nobody's place to correct the bishop. And when it comes to correcting the pastoral staff, that's bishop's job. If something is, it has been done wrong, the Lord will check. He will check the leadership. And I, I, I can say now with all confidence that the, the pastoral team of this church loves this church body. We want to honor you. There are things that I realized that some of the people in, in up under the music department, the media, um, the, the live stream, they weren't being, they weren't being taken care of. And I, I have to go back and correct that. And I have to make sure that moving forward, that does not happen again. They're given to me, according to the scriptures, to help me do my job. And I have to treat them with all due respect and make sure I take care of them and handle them with care. We must, we must treat you the right way. And we are going to do our best. We have been. You are not going to be taken advantage of in this church. You can stand all over the building. But with that same token of us, having to make sure that we treat you with care, we also have to make sure that you, you are being held accountable. And so for some, correction is coming. Embrace it. You know, people who haven't been corrected, they end up being like, whoa, something, something's wrong with you. You know, you need to grow up. The only way you get better is if your flaws, you recognize your flaws, someone tells you, it tells you how to fix it and you fix it. And that's what the Lord is doing in the body. So I want to encourage you tonight. Because some people you're, you're, you're going to go through things and you're, you're thinking that you've done things right. Like Uzzah or whatever his name was. Um, but yet at the same time, there's, there's a, there's a feeling that you give. Like, I'm not quite sure. Uh, there are some things you're not supposed to be dealing with, some things you're not supposed to be doing, and the Lord is correcting all of that so that we can move forward as a body. Um, if you can lift your hands all over the building. God, I ask that you would check our hearts tonight. Check my heart, God. If there's anything in me, Lord, 
that has stepped out of line, has had the wrong intention, God, I ask that you would show me, reveal it to me what, by whatever means you need to do that. If it's through the man of God, Lord, open my eyes to see those things that I've been trying to carry that are not my responsibility. Those things that I'm trying to see, it's not my place to see, God. Help me, Lord, to give my best where you have plugged me in, God. Help me to carry the burden that you have given me with all my heart, all my soul, God, with all sincerity, Lord. God, I ask that you would bind us together tonight, God. Help us to cherish the structure that you have put in place with the man of God and the pastoral staff and the Levites, God. Help us to love each other. Help us to appreciate each other. And God, I ask that you would build us for the next steps to come and what you are doing in growing this body. We give you all the glory in advance for what you have in store. If you could put your hands together. God, we worship you. We praise you. I am preparing this body to be unified according to my design. I say I am putting things in order according to my word. And this church will experience my glory like no other church near you. Yeah. 
God, we receive it. We receive your word, Lord. Thank you, God. For your direction, God. For your encouragement. Giving us some insight into what's to come and why you are doing what you are doing. We give you glory. We give you glory. Thank you to the handmaiden for obeying God. Be encouraged, church. The Lord prunes so that we can grow more and more. You know, I value those things now. I, I mean, it's not fun, but you can't get better without it. Amen? Be ready with expectation this coming Sunday.